Welcome to the Finley Capital Podcast, where we discuss real estate investing and the hard money lending process. Welcome to the Finley Capital Podcast. My name is Logan Ricchetti. As always, this podcast is sponsored by the Hard Money Handbook, www.hardmoneyhandbook.com. You can download that free report to help you learn more about how to use hard money loans to fund your real estate deals. Boom. Today, I want to talk about term sheets, how to read a term sheet, what a term sheet is, how to break down the costs and the all the elements that go into a, a hard money loan. So you as a borrower can understand how to read one and how to analyze the capital cost in your pro forma. Cool. All right. Our term sheet at Finley Capital is pretty basic. I really like it. We've designed it to be very simple to understand and very transparent to understand. There are several different elements in this term sheet that you will want to analyze to help you and to help us understand the mechanics of the deal mm -hmm. and what makes the deal a good deal or a bad deal and also just how a loan is structured. So this will be a good breakdown for anybody who wants to learn more about how a hard money loan is structured. Right. Listen up. All right. So there are really three elements to the loan structure that we use to create the uh, amount of the loan that we're willing to do on the deal. And this is pretty standard across the board. Everybody really does it this way for the most part. You have the purchase price, you have the renovation budget, and then you have the after repair value. Those are the three elements that go into structuring a hard money loan. Obviously, you know what the purchase price is, or you can back into what your maximum allowable purchase price is if you're doing this before you've made an offer. But the purchase price is the first element. And what you do is you take the purchase price and multiply it by a ratio. So some lenders will lend 50% of the purchase price all the way up to 100% of the purchase price, sometimes even more. Okay. So you'll want to look at what your lender is offering you in terms of the amount of the loan, uh, the, the ratio of the purchase price that they're willing to lend you versus the ratio of the purchase price that you need to bring as a down payment. Gotcha. Okay. A typical down payment on a hard money loan could be anywhere from 10, 20, 30%. Okay. So for example, most of the loans that we're doing right now, we're, we're offering 80% of the purchase price and up to 100% of the repair budget. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to use this example as we go through this whole discussion and I'll keep the same example so everybody can follow along. Do your best you can listening to numbers, but in this example the purchase price is 100,000 and the percentage of the purchase price being offered on this particular hard money loan is 80%. Okay. So right away it's 100,000 times 80% equals 80,000. Then you move to the next uh, factor, which is the renovation budgets. Now, on this particular example, we've estimated the renovation budget to be 20000 mm -hmm. And because of that, we're willing to lend the entire 100% of that renovation budget to the borrower. Mm -hmm. So 20000 times 100% equals 20000 plus the 80000 from the purchase price ratio equals $100,000 loan amount. Okay. The after repair value is 200000 So... What we have here is a ratio of a loan amount of 100,000 divided by an after repair value of 200,000 gives you a ratio, an after repair loan to value ratio of 50%. Right on. Now that falls within our underwriting criteria and it's a pretty good loan. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Because what that means is our loan amount of 100,000 is only 50% of what the property is going to be worth fixed up. So the lender likes it because it's a relatively low exposure. Mm -hmm. A lender like us will go up to a maximum loan amount exposure of 65% mm -hmm. of the properties after repaired, after repair value. In other words, in this particular scenario, 65% of 200,000 is 130,000. Mm -hmm. So that would be the most we'd be willing to do. But based on the purchase price and the renovation budget, remember we have those limitations. Right. 
our limitations at Finley Capital are we'll go up to 90% sometimes of the purchase price and then up to 100% of the renovation budget. But like I said, right now in this particular climate, 80% of the purchase price and 100% of the repairs are where we're feeling good right now. Cool. So in this scenario, let's keep moving on it. So the loan amount is 100000 After repair value is 200000 So, so far we're looking pretty good. Uh, because this one has a renovation budget, that 20000 in this loan structure will be held back by the lender when the deal funds. Okay. And we're going to get into that in a minute here, but just keep that in mind. It's called the initial repair escrow. Right. Okay. So the next thing that you want to look at is the draw schedule for that escrow. Mm-hmm. So in this particular loan offer, we've offered to release those draws, release that escrow in four draws. So you take 20,000 divided by four equals $5,000 per draw. Mm-hmm. So what that means is o- over the course of this loan, let's say Lowell's making this loan from Finley Capital. He has a $20,000 renovation budget. He, we're going to break that draw release schedule down into four $5,000 draws back to Lowell, mm-hmm. which means that Lowell, when the project funds and starts, He's going to have to take 5000 out of his pocket and rent, and, and put the, that 5000 into renovations mm-hmm. into the house. Once he's done that, he can re- will request his first draw reimbursement, and then we will send him his draw at that point. Mm-hmm. When that draw gets released, there's a draw fee that gets charged, and we'll go over that too. Okay, so that's the basic structure of how a loan works. Let's go over the fees, okay, and how to analyze fees and, and, and also to compare fees between one lender and another lender. It's very important that when you're analyzing a loan application or you're analyzing a loan term sheet from one lender and looking at the loan term sheet from another lender that you compare apples to apples. Right. This is often a misconception because some somebody will say, well, that loan's 10.5% and that loan's 12%. Well, the 10.5% loan is better. Right. But if the 10.5% loan has a $3,000 processing fee mm-hmm. and a 2.5% origination fee, it might be a little bit more expensive Absolutely. than a 12% loan with 3% origination would say a $700 processing fee. Mm-hmm. So the point is you got to sit down on a spreadsheet. You got to line item each expense. You have to make some assumptions and then you got to total them up. Right. Very important. All right. So let's look at the loan fees in this particular loan. In this particular loan that we have the main fee that comes with a private loan or a hard money loan, it's called an origination fee. Mm-hmm. And you hear those called points. Yep. Okay. A point is a percentage point of the loan amount that is charged to the borrower for the privilege of borrowing money. Mm-hmm. And this particular loan, the loan origination fee is 3% or three points. So you got a $100,000 loan amount, multiply it by three points equals $3,000. You also have in this particular scenario and in most scenarios, what's called a processing fee. These are also have different names, funding fees, uh, administrative fees, all kinds of, they, they're kind of junk fees. They call them junk fees, but they're, yeah. they're non-origination fees that are charged to the borrower to borrow money. Right. In this particular scenario, there's a $700 processing fee. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, also, in some some loan scenarios, you have a an appraisal fee or a valuation fee. Those are usually charged up front if they're charged before the loan funds. So keep that in mind. Sometimes people think that's a scam, but in reality, a lot of lenders do charge um, analysis fees, internal evaluation fees, or actual appraisal fees up front. Right. So be aware of that. We don't right now, but just FYI. So you got the origination fee, you got the processing fee, and then you have the monthly interest. Okay. So in this particular scenario, the interest rate charged to the borrower is 12%. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that it's a, it's effectively, it's a 12% annualized interest rate, mm-hmm. which means that if you divide 12% by 12 months, it's exactly 1% per month. So that's a way to analyze and when you're doing a pro forma analysis mm-hmm. of your deal, how much your cost of capital will be. Right. So what we do at Finley Capital is we collect, we do six month loans and we collect the interest up front. 
So in a scenario like this, you'll have a 12% interest rate on a $100,000 loan means that you have an interest rate of 1% per month, which is $1,000 per month times six months is 6,000 in pre-collected prepaid interest. So that is one of your costs of capital. Mm-hmm. Now in our particular uh, scenarios and, and in most too, pre-collected interest, if it, it's uh, if you repay the loan prior to the end of the six months, mm-hmm. you get a proration back for any of the right. overpaid interest that you paid. So if you repay the loan in four months, you're going to get a credit back for two months of interest that you prepaid. Also, when you pre-collect interest like this, you don't have monthly payments, which is nice. nice. So you can just focus on the job. All right. So the total loan fees in this particular loan are 3% for loan origination, $3,000, 700 for processing, $700, 1% per month times six months equals 6,000 for interest income, mm-hmm. interest expense. And then you have four $100 draw fees in this particular analysis. So the total cost of capital for a six month loan based on these terms is $10,100. Now, that's a lot of money. So you got to ask yourself, does it make sense to, to borrow money and pay that much interest in fees to do a real estate deal? Now, the answer isn't yes or no. It's you have to an- analyze it. And look, a little spoiler alert, it is worth it in this one because yeah. there's a lot of room in this. So I'll show okay. you what that looks like. But before we get there, let's keep going. In addition to your lender fees, you also have what's called non-lender fees. These are fees that are charged to you as a borrower for the privilege of borrowing money that don't have to do necessarily with anything to do with the lender. Okay. Okay. So for example, you have what's called lender's title insurance. This is a fee. This is a charge that you get from the title company to provide a lender, a policy of title insurance for your lender on behalf of you as the borrower. Gotcha. You also have a title and settlement fee. So when you close at a title company or with an attorney, you have fees to settle the transaction. They build the closing statements. They provide all the paperwork. They handle this. It's a service that you're, you're usually as the borrower are paid or charged for. Right. You also have liability and hazard insurance. And with Finley Capital, we require our borrowers to pay for that upfront in, in full. Yeah. So you roughly a hundred bucks a month times six months might be 600 bucks, give or take, depending mm-hmm. on where you are. And then uh, we have a uh, an attorney doc prep fee as well. So our attorney charges the borrower for the uh, service of putting the documents together and reviewing the title and all that stuff. So those are non-lender fees. Those can be anywhere from one or two or 3% of the loan amount on average, but usually it's a little bit less than that. Okay. In this particular analysis, it's about $2,350, which is an overestimate of what it really should cost. Right. Okay. So once you have the loan fees and the non-lender fees, as well as the purchase price, renovation budget, and after repair value, you can analyze your deal. So this term sheet does that for you. The first thing it does on the right-hand side of the term sheet is it creates what's called a funds to close and a total funds required analysis. Okay. The way it does that is it uses, it, it acts like a closing statement and it has a total of all your credits and all your debits. Right on. And then it gives you a bottom line. So on the debit side, you have credit, you have the purchase price. So that's a hundred thousand. Uh, on the credit side, you have a loan amount. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the debit side, you have the purchase price. And then you have the escrow repairs that get held back out of your proceeds. And then you have all your origination fees and interest income and non-lender closing fees. On the credit side, you have the loan amount. Okay. Okay. So in this particular scenario, between the purchase price and the uh, debit for the $20,000 repair escrow that's held back, and then all the non-lender fees and the interest in the origination fees, it's a total of about $132,450. On the credit side, you have a loan of that 100,000 that's coming in. Mm-hmm. So in this particular scenario, to close this deal, the borrower will need somewhere in the range of $32,450. Mm-hmm. 
So you have to keep that in mind as a borrower. If you're going to do a deal like this, that you can buy it for a hundred and put 20 into it. And it's worth 200,000 when you're done and you need 20% for the down payment and you have to prepay all your interest and fees. You're looking at roughly 32,500 to close the deal. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. 32,450. In addition to that, once the deal closes, this is when, you know, you write a check to the title company, it settles. Then the next day you start the job. Now, based on our draw schedule, Lowell's going to put the first 5,000 into the deal because it's mm -hmm. a $20,000 renovation budget with four $5,000 draws. So he needs to account for that. He needs to make sure he has that handy because he's going to need it to put it out of pocket. Now, when he puts that out of pocket, we're going to release the draw back. Then he's going to take that draw that we released back. He's going to put that into the deal. We're going to release the second draw. We're going to repeat that process until the job is completed. When the job is completed, we're going to release the fourth draw back to Lowell, which he's going to take it and leave it in his pocket. It's going to reimburse him for the 5,000 he went out of pocket. Yeah. So at the end of the renovation budget, at the end of the job, your renovation budget out of pocket outlay comes back to you as the borrower. Yeah. Keep that in mind. But you still need it to do the job. So in this particular deal, Lowell's going to need roughly $37,450 in liquidity to do the deal. Mm -hmm. Also, by the way, when we underwrite Lowell, based on this term sheet, we're going to make sure that Lowell has at least that much in his bank accounts. Mm -hmm. Because if he doesn't, he's got a problem and we're concerned. Yeah. So keep that in mind as a borrower. All right. So now my favorite part of the term sheet is the deal analysis breakdown. And this is where you as the borrower decide if this is a loan that you want to do. Because mm -hmm. you have everything you need to make an analysis of whether it's a good deal. You get the purchase price, the renovation budget, the after repair value, mm -hmm. but you also have the lender cost of capital okay. and the non-lender fees for the buy side. And you can estimate the closing fees on the disposition side, the sell side. Nice. All you really need for the disposition sales side analysis are your estimated sale commissions mm -hmm. and your estimated closing fees. Oh, okay. What I used for those were 6% for sale commission and 1.5% of, of the resale price for the estimated closing fees but you can adjust that as necessary in your own pro forma. Right Here we go. To do it, you start with the credit of the resale price, AKA the after repair value. Mm -hmm. So your credit is 200,000. On the debit side, you take out purchase price, 100,000. Renovation budget, 20,000. Uh, commissions to resell and settlement fees. So that's 12,000 plus 3,000. Then you add in your total cost of capital, 10,100. And then those non-lender fees from the beginning of the deal, 2350. Total up all those credits to debit by all the charges. And you're looking at a profit on this deal of $52,550. That ain't bad. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Now here's where it gets better. Lowell's going to make $52,550 on the deal. Lowell went out of pocket $37,450 to do the deal. Mm -hmm. So Lowell created himself a cash on cash return of over 140% yeah. by leveraging a hard money loan. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. Really sweet. All right, so his overall project return was 35%. This is a slam dunk deal, by yeah. the way. This is a deal where you buy a house for 100,000 and only needs some paint and some carpet and some cleanup and some fix up. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's worth 200,000. So this is the kind of deal that you as a borrower want to do mm -hmm. and the kind of deal that Finley Capital wants to fund. Yeah. You follow? Oh, yeah. Boom, that's a good deal. So when you use this term sheet, what you're trying to understand for you as the borrower is, it, is this a good deal for me? Mm -hmm is my cash on cash return going to be good? Right. And do I have enough capital to do the deal? Mm -hmm. And does it make sense to leverage a private loan or a hard money loan uh, to minimize the cash out of pocket? Mm -hmm. You follow? Yep. So that $10,100 in interest fees and charges might be worth it if you could make 50,000 plus on a deal. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't have 120,000 laying around to do the deal. 
Right. You follow? Right. So that makes a lot of sense. It's called leverage. A hard money loan or a private loan is leverage. Mm -hmm. It allows Lowell as the borrower, as the operator, to take thirty dollars or $40,000 and double it mm -hmm. instead of having to put $120,000 out of pocket and make a 30% return, right. which ain't bad either. No. But a lot of times Lowell just put $120,000 into another project and he's got this one that comes up and now he doesn't have that kind of liquidity laying around. So right. he has no choice but to leverage with a hard money loan. Yes. Also, by the way, you might notice here too. Let's say Lowell was anti-hard money loan and he was mm -hmm. pro-partnership. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in this scenario, Lowell basically kept 100% of the equity in the deal by borrowing money to fund it mm -hmm. and renovate it. And he paid about 10,000 for that privilege. Okay, but he but there was about 60,000 in profit in the deal, 10 of which went to the lender, left him with about 50. Mm -hmm. Now, if Lowell had said, I ain't doing no hard money loan, I'm just gonna get a partner. Okay, fine. But if Lowell brings in an equity partner and gives up half of the equity and that equity partner brings all the cash to the table, mm -hmm. now there's 60,000 to be split. Lowell's gonna pay 30,000. Yeah. So Lowell's gonna pay three times more yeah. to an equity partner than he would by keeping the equity himself and leveraging some hard money loan debt. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is very interesting. Also, Lowell's equity partner would have only gotten uh, would would have gotten a nice return. He would he or she would have gotten, you know, thirty thousand on one hundred and twenty thousand. That's a twenty five percent return divided yeah. by two is a fifty percent annualized return. It's a great deal for the, yeah. par the partner. But Lowell doesn't need the partner, he just needs the lender. Yeah. But where it gets really interesting is if Lowell had brought an equity partner into the deal mm -hmm. and said, hey, equity partner, I got a hard money loan from Finley Capital. Why don't you be my equity partner on the down payment? Mm -hmm. I'll split the profit with you. So now all of a sudden, Lowell is, has an equity partner. He's giving up 50% of that, that 50,000 roughly in profit. So now he's only gonna get 25,000. Mm -hmm. The equity investor is gonna get the other 25,000 and he or she would have had to put up roughly, just call it uh, 38,000. Right. So the equity partner would have gotten an incredible return mm -hmm. and Lowell would have gotten an infinite return. Yeah. So this is where it gets real interesting. If Lowell has a great deal, he finds a deal, he can buy this deal for 100,000, he could put 20,000 into the deal, then the deal is worth 200,000. But Lowell has no money. Mm -hmm. Lowell can't do that deal. Yeah. He can't borrow a hard money loan because he doesn't have 37000 to do the deal. Right. But if he goes to an equity partner who brings up the 37000 Lowell can make 25000 on a deal that he has no money into. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. That is pretty sweet. And Lowell's equity partner will thank him for life because Lowell's equity partner is going to get a huge cash on cash return yep. in a short period of time because Lowell and the equity partner leveraged the hard money loan. Mm -hmm. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Lowell is going to have a much easier time finding an equity partner willing to put up $37,000 to get a $25,000 uh, return in right. six months than he is to find an equity partner who's going to put up $120,000 to get a $30,000 return in six right. months. It's a completely different dynamic. Mm -hmm. So this is how you use partnerships and hard money loans to leverage creating a deal that works for everybody. Win, win, win. Go get them. Go get them. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Finley Capital Podcast. Please like and share this episode. Help us grow our following so we can help more hard money loan borrowers and investors like you. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Finley Capital. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We'll see you out there.